Welcome to the Pilot Boys Podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha. Welcome back to Pilot Boys episode 135. This is our deep dive, and we figured with all the hubbub going on on Twitter, it was probably worth doing a little deep dive on this great replacement theory topic as one of the many ways that people are being manipulated in this country. Um, V-Man, I think you should, you should kind of lay down the groundwork here. Yeah, um, obviously this, this thought is coming to a head and is, is reaching headlines this week specifically because of, um, because of what's going on with the Buffalo shooter, right? Uh, and his uh, kind of manifestos and, and thoughts um, connecting why he committed this atrocity against uh, in a black community um, is based on replacement theory. And when you dig deeper and you look at it superficially, you say, okay, this is just some crazy extreme right-wing thought process that uh, that believes in re- replacement theory. But the Associated Press and, and the Nork Center at the University of Chicago for Public Affairs did some research uh, on this and found that about one in three adults believes that there is an effort underway to replace native-born Americans with, an, with immigrants for an advantage in elections. Which, first of all, it's very, very hard as an immigrant to get to vote. Like, my parents had to live here for like 20 years yeah. to even get citizenship and be able to vote. So I, it's a ludicrous theory. And I think when they mean immigrants, what they really mean is non-white people because yeah. technically I'm an American. I'm a Native American. You know what I mean? I'm not being replaced. You yeah. know, I, I'm still, well, I may not vote this year because I don't really fuck, fuck with either party, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, I, I, I'm surprised at the phrasing of the question as well in the way that this entire argument is positioned because immigrants can't vote. Only citizens can vote. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's such an interesting theory. Um, and it's built in a lot of things. And then, you know, um, the one in three thing reflects very well on why the Tucker Carlson news program is the number one rated news program, right? Is that people do believe them. Why? Because what he does is, is he has no emotions in what he does. He studies these polls and he is like, I'm going to align myself with the thought process of people that are going to tune in and be loyal to my news program. And this is why now I understand why consistently and constantly he pushes the idea of replacement theory and replacement theory type subject matter on his new show. That kind of gives credence to why this poll is probably accurate. Right. Um, And there's this overall kind of cultural war happening in America. That's quite sad um, specifically amongst uh, white people. I feel, to be honest, I feel like the most manipulated people in this country, um, manipulated psychologically, are poor white people. They, their interests, for the most part, and what they vote on, is completely misaligned with what would benefit them the most. Yeah. Um, and it's done through this kind of 
psychological brainwashing of this country is being taken away from you. That's the overall picture. Replacement theory fits into that idea of this country is being taken away from you. And what do they mean by that when they pitch this to white Americans? Because it's not just poor white Americans. I know a lot of middle class and upper middle class white Americans who buy into some of these theories um, as well. It is simply to create a psychological warfare of creating an enemy that is the reason why you are not progressing and regressing in society um, that gives you a built-in excuse, which allows you not to take personal accountability and personal responsibility for why these things are happening. Um, and replacement theory fits into that. Like, like you said, the whole idea, when you just break it down past surface level and you actually are an immigrant and you understand what immigrants need to go through to vote, you know, um, and you also understand that immigration is a necessity in America because it's built out of the fact that there is a lack of enough educated and skilled labor because despite this country having the best universities and the best academic system and the best research institutions, there are not enough people who actually want to work hard and make an impact in the country in a meaningful way. That is the thing that even necessitates immigration. And on a lower, lower level, the reason that so many Mexicans come to this country and is because nobody wants to work these low level labor jobs in America anymore. And it's actually a need. Somebody needs to work those jobs to have a thriving society. So this whole idea of building a wall and keeping these people out, actually, if they actually kept Mexicans out of this country, it would fall apart. If they kept away immigrants who came here for an education and wanted to work in these high level tech jobs and in the medical field and all of these fields, America would have a drastic shortage in all of those things and the country would fall apart. You know what I mean? You know, what would shift is that white people would start working those jobs. That would just be the shift because we have, I think 11% of our labor force not working right now by choice. You know, where, where are all those folks going to go? They're going to have to take the jobs that the Mexicans don't have. If you take away those immigrants, if you take away the international immigrants, they're all filling these service roles. The thing that um, I also wanted to call out on this is that the language of manipulation is fear and the language of trust is love. So if you're being told something that makes you fearful, you're being manipulated. You're being told something that makes you trust in the entirety of the system and make you feel loved. That's a good thing. That's kind of what you want out of people. And the problem in this country is that so many people said this 85% stat in the news and notes, 85% of people live in this feeling of guilt and shame in this country. 85% of people have never been loved unconditionally in their lifetime and especially in their upbringing. And that means when they seek what they feel to be love, it's truly manipulation. And so when they go to Tucker Carlson and they go to, whatever media on the left or whatever media on Twitter or whatever media that is polarizing them and manipulating them, that's the only way they can, they can get the same feeling of what they identify as love because they've never experienced the true nature of love within themselves. Yeah. And I actually feel bad for a lot of like multiple generation uh, Americans because there's so much like media that's driven, like you said, to make them, 
hate everything around them, um, that these theories pop up and then these theories pop up and because they're predisposed to being unhappy already, they lend credence to these because everybody's looking to not take accountability for why things are bad. They always want to blame someone else for why things are bad. And this just kind of highlights. Yeah, it definitely, definitely highlights um, some of the reasons why, um, you know, this, there is so much chaos in this country. It's like, I feel like it's easy to look at somebody's skin and blame them for something, even the way in which we're taught things. Like I remember in elementary school thinking, why are they teaching me so much about race? I've never thought, taught about thought about race as much as the people around me think about race and tell me to think about race. And on the flip side of things, you have, you know, your, uh, your, um, folks who want to talk about like voting results, for example, it's like, why do we even talk about the Hispanic vote? Right? Like, why do we, why do we marginalize, vote down to the race of the person why do we even collect that information to me it's it's totally backwards because it drives us to look at people based on their skin color as voicing a particular ideology and it allows us to hate an entire skin color or an entire race based on what we assume to be their general political ideology because we're polarized against it and you look at media it's like it's doing this incredible job of pitting us all against each other. Yeah. And you know, they're, you look at all the famous studies that they do with babies, right? And children, no child really, unless a parent teaches them, they don't see somebody with a different complexion in them and say, Oh, that's a, a black person. Oh, that's an Indian person. Oh, that's a Mexican person. It's actually taught. Like you said, in schools, the whole idea of race wouldn't be an issue if it wasn't taught. Right. And the problem with it being taught, it is taught through those mediums of, of division more than anything else. Right. It and be that, taught from a health lens, you yeah. know, it could be taught from a historical lens. It could be taught in an inspiring way where we look at like there's the, the other way to teach it would be like, look at all the incredible things these all these nations have brought forward. The, it's a small world approach, if you will take pride in all of these cultural elements you're able to bring into the room. Well, that's that, that would work if, if people focused on culture and not skin color. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you focus on the cultural attributes of every single race in this country, they provide, uh, or every minority in this country, they provide something very significant to American culture um, that is positive. So, that that is also the issue, and I, and and this whole replacement theory, this is really fundamentally being driven by the history in America that's that's been passed down. We're not that far removed from slavery, so this idea of um, you being superior because you are white is something that is very American, right? Like, uh, and it's ingrained culturally. So the reason that white kids go and commit these atrocities like they did in Buffalo when they're 21 years old is because somebody in their household told them that you should hate black people or you should hate Indian people. You should hate Mexican people. You should hate. That's, that's what's driving it. Right. And it's like, Oh, that's a bad apple. No, the bad apple is the culture in which that continues to be what's taught in schools. And you see this with these politicians, like DeSantis, who 
prey on that because it helps them gain votes. They don't really care about this, about these issues, but they know, like you said, especially in politics, that these issues are what drives people to vote. And that's actually really sad that you are more likely to vote based on your disdain or dislike for what someone else is doing versus what's in your best interest and what could really help you be great. 100%. And, you know, there's just on this whole great replacement theory, there's one huge, huge gaping hole. Um, And it's in this quote, it is a plot to remake America to replace American citizens with illegals that will vote for the Democrats. Yeah. You can't vote if you're not a citizen. Like, I just, I genuinely don't understand. You know, if you're not a citizen, you're probably green ha- green card holder or, you know, some sort of type. There are illegal immigrants in this country. They can't vote. They, they are so off the radar. You know what I mean? Why would they vote? They're going to get audited. Immigration is going to come. They're scared. You know, well, you're allowed, if you're born in America and you're not a foreigner and you're not a minority, you're allowed to be ignorant. Right. Like the fact that you don't even understand how immigration works and you're taking a stance on it is what I was saying earlier in our news and notes. Like, don't take a stance without educating yourself on the process. Mm. You know, like you cannot you cannot uh, you don't automatically get your citizenship when you come in. You have to apply, you know, and if you come on a work visa, which is a lot of IT workers and labor comes you actually have to be sponsored by someone else to be able to get your citizenship. And that's a process that often takes people, you know, five to seven years, sometimes 20 years before they actually receive their right to vote. They don't, they're not just born with it. They have to work for it. And the idea that those people too, um, even the idea that the United States has the idea of like naturally born and that it's a sovereign nation is it's, it's, born a country of immigrants, right? Like yeah. everybody here, if they trace their roots, it's somebody who immigrated over here. It's not the idea that the, <laughs> the Native Americans have already been killed off um, in this country for the most part and, and put on reservations somewhere. Um, so the, even the idea itself is built in in something that's not factual. The idea of like an American and this is our country is built in complete fallacy. Yeah, 100%, especially because the country is structured in such a way that it is a changing entity. I think that's it's one of the beautiful things of how things are structured on paper for this country, that the democratic nature of it, the way all the policies are constructed. If everyone truly were focused on just their own selves and contributing to society in a meaningful way, it's a beautiful system of governance. It's very perfectly constructed from that perspective. And when you have folks who, you know, want more power, or want to manipulate it or want to remain in power, you know, most of these politicians um, will lean on these types of fear mongering tactics to keep their platform, as you alluded to Tucker Carlson about earlier, you know, that that breaks the system to an extent. It doesn't break it. The system still works. It just is more uncomfortable you know, for everyone involved, because it's now when you're starting to make people believe things that aren't true, when you're starting to try and manipulate them, you're essentially just creating breaks in the culture of society. It's like it's like mutinies, essentially, all across the board in terms of what people, you know, believe and feel. And, you know, the, the real way to do this. And, you know, what's funny about Tucker Carlson is like he 
put out a statement. I believe there was some text leaked about his involvement with the Trump administration. And he put out a statement saying, I never claimed to be a journalist. And that's great. You know, he's not a journalist and he's an entertainer. So we should all look at him as an entertainer and not take these things as seriously. But the problem is he established credibility as a journalist on a news channel saying he did the news, right? And if you do the news, there was, especially when he started his career, an expected level of credibility that he's now kind of evolved out of. So, you know, the question to ask is, when did you stop being a journalist, right? Like, when did you stop actually reporting facts? Because from that point on, everything you've said, I can just disregard. But none of these folks will ever communicate that. They're not going to make it clear. And I think it's just important to understand that our media these days is it's not a place to get educated about things. You can get educated about things by talking to people who are different from you and understanding their lives and perspectives. Yeah, I mean, there's the thing that uh, that confuses me a lot about society, and I know that I'm speaking about this from a position of, I guess, uh, privilege in the sense of how my mind works, right? I'm very happy that I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't think along the lines of how do I get more people to agree with me or how do I find people to align with my viewpoint? The moment that you give an external source power over your opinion and your personal beliefs and you align yourself with a thought process that is being filtered down to you from someone else, and that's where this these things like replacement theory come from, somebody comes up with the idea and they disseminate it throughout society. And the fact is the moment that you start embracing and accepting someone else having control over your opinions and your thoughts and your beliefs, you've lost. And um, that's, that's generally where, where we're at in this country. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, it's, it's a wild, it's a wild time with all the shootings going on, with all the changes happening in society. And I think it's one where we all do have to remain you know, vigilant. And at the same time, it's like when people fear you, that's where, you know, danger happens. That's where these troublesome situations start. Like a lot of, a lot of these shootings, while they seem like violent attacks, they don't come from, you know, anything other than fear. That's the root emotion behind all of these things. And we just have to understand that if we continue to propagate a society where fear is utilized in this manner, we're going to make our lives less comfortable, less peaceful, and more dangerous, where we we all have the opportunity every day to decide how we approach our interactions. So regardless of how somebody might interact with you or you know feel about you, you have the choice in terms of how you interact with them. And there was this um, there's this uh, you know the story of Martin Luther King um, doing the um, doing the bridge at uh, the bridge walk at Selma and he, you know, made it very clear, Hey, you want to walk with me? That's fine, but you will get hit. And one rule is if you get hit, you don't hit back. Why don't you hit back? It's because if you don't hit back, that person's going to reflect on that and they're going to know they did a bad thing. The second you hit back, it's fine, you know? And, that's a really, really important thing in this country is that you should never hit back, even though someone may hurt you with their fear projected onto you. You have to acknowledge, hey, this is how it is. It's okay. 
move on. I'll be the bigger person. And that might be tough to do in the moment, but it creates the reflection inside of that person that later helps them evolve and grow. Yeah. I mean, logically that's what makes sense. Right. And that's what, that's what's so funny to me is like these things are not, we're not capable as a society of operating like Martin Luther King did or uh, Mahatma Gandhi did this whole idea of non-violence. It's tit for tat. It's an eye for an eye. You know, the whole world is blind. That's the famous, that's the famous Gandhi saying, but it's really, really hard. Um, when you have a, a system in which um, you consistently are feeling marginalized because of the media pressure that makes you feel marginalized and tells you to live in anger, that tells you to live in hate, like that's what's reinforced because that's the best way to control people is by making them emotional and lose control of 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 their emotional balance and be angry all the time. When people are angry, they can easily be manipulated. People who are calm and keep their thoughts about them cannot be manipulated as easily because they rationalize and they think through and use logic. But the moment that, and even the most logical person, when they lose it and they go into that emotional state in life, um, you lose control. And when you lose control, anything can happen. You know, yeah. it's the same thing when you drink too much alcohol, um, you you lose and you give up, willingly give up your ability to control uh, your own mind. And as a result, many bad decisions are made under the influence of alcohol and drugs. That's why they're made that way. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's anytime you give up control of your mind or decision making or your ability to decide what what is real, what is not you put yourself in that situation you know i think there's a there's a pretty good takeaway here for the individual person it's that your ability to show love is not based on someone else's ability to show it you have consciousness and control over all of your actions so i do think like it doesn't take everybody operating in that way it just takes several people operating in that way to influence an entire community and i think like the best example of that is like if you've ever played on a sports team, if you've ever been in a in a school like in in a in a large class, the the teacher's tone, or the tone of you know three to five of the students in like a hundred person class, that in the way questions are asked, in the way you know things are conducted, that sets the tone that everybody follows. The reality is that the majority of society will follow the tone that's currently set. Most people are not consciously setting the tone. So if you choose to set a tone of love, you you have no idea how many how many people you'll influence and improve with that. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 disconnect from things that make you upset, right? Like <laughs> it took me a long time to learn this because I was, you know, I used to be angry all the time when I was heavily heavily into politics and heavily into studying history, you know, two of my favorite things, you know, in kind of like my high school years and throughout my 20s, I was angry all the time about things that didn't even fucking matter to my life. You know what I mean? And and that's what politics and that's what media and that's what these things do is it's like they 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 make you they put you in a position like you said where you're 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 angry and reacting out of hate versus focusing on okay, well I actually like this thing, 
why won't I focus? Why don't I focus my energy on this thing that I like versus giving the most of my energy to the things that I don't like? Yes. It's like, I don't know why we consistently as human beings make those decisions, but we all do it. Um, and that's part of the conditioning and that's part of being in the, in the system. Yeah. You know, that's part of, I think, the joy of being able to do this podcast is like we're able to take these negative stimuli in life and turn them into positive experiences. And, you know, I think the reality is that nothing is negative or positive till you give it value. And mm -hmm. the example I use for that is like, if I took a, if I took a blade and I cut somebody, would you say that's a bad thing? Most people would say, yes. If I was a surgeon, you would say it's a great thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's a hundred percent based on the context of the situation. The action does not have good or bad associated with it. The person interpreting it, does have good or bad associated with it because the surgeon could still be doing it without it being warranted and it could be a bad thing, right? It's totally contextual. So it's a really, really important for us to be able to look at these events and, and things in life that may trigger us or make us upset and just realize that they don't have to, like we can give them the value we want to give them. And especially like, you know, you hear a stat like one third of one third of America believes there's this conspiracy that illegal immigrants are being put everywhere to fake ballots, put them in the ballot boxes and vote white people out. Okay, like you can laugh at that and think, think it's hilarious and move on with your day or you can get upset and then become prejudiced. And, you know, one of those paths makes you happier and one of them makes you more fearful and angrier. And you can look, if you're trying to make it in this world and in this country, when you see that one out of three Americans are this stupid, you should say, wow, that's great. That's 33% less people that I need to compete with to get to where I need to go because they're already lost. They're not in the race. They're not, you know, you're, you're, you're in, in America, you're in, a, in, in the society that we win, that we're in, they have set it up that there's, there are only so many positions that can win only so many ways that you can win. The majority of the country is set up to stay in this box. So if you are somebody who wants to be enlightened and you see a stat like this, you're like, wow, this com this competition is a lot easier than I thought it was because that eliminates 33% of my competition right there. The fact that they actually in their mind can believe something like this means that they're not very bright. So now there's only two out of three Americans that I'm I'm competing against. That's a great way to frame it in a positive way uh, as well when you look at these stats and you look at these numbers versus being angry that one out of three people, you can be like one out of three people are totally idiotic human beings. And that's great for me. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. And it's, you know, it's all about context and framing that the reality is in this country that it's not going to be that hard for somebody who's not distracted and not emotionally all over the place to be highly successful. It just takes you having the discipline to decide what you take in and what you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the more you're distracted by things like this and the more effort that you put into things like this, that is some theory that you didn't even create that you're not the author of that, that you, you have probably not. didn't know about till this <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> and you take ownership of it. Like you created it. It's, uh, you're losing. So hundred percent. Well, on that note, I think we're, we're getting to a nice button point on this. Um, you know, if you want to, uh, want to work on a great replacement for me and V you're getting bored of our voices. We would love, uh, love for you to send some, some other podcast hosts in to slowly 
infiltrate and replace us, but uh, they're going to have to figure out how to get mics and onto the stream. It's pretty comparable to the great replacement theory. Yeah. And uh, you're not going to take our citizenship away from us. We've worked hard for it. <laughs> we had to set up an account and everything. Yeah. <laughs> we got to pay these fees for passports every few years, too. So, oh, man. <laughs> anyway, on that yeah. note, you know, be kind to somebody that looks different from you today. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, with that said, always stay moving. Um, be you. You was fly. Pilot boys out. Pilot boys, we get on now.